This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 124 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have more horsey women for you. This is going to be so much fun, all the way up in Colorado. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thank you for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my faithful producer, Jen. How are you, Jen? I'm faithful now. Yes, I am. I'm great. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yes, you're always at the other end. You know, I get there. I count down my last five minutes before I got to jump on this microphone, and I always know you're going to be at the other end. It's really nice. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Today, we get to hear from a couple of uh, wranglers, but actually, one is a wrangler, and one was, no, a photo editor editor for Glamour Magazine in Condé Nast. No, that doesn't fit, right? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, from that, too, but wait till you hear her story, and I think there'll be some people who will be listening who might actually relate to this. They might be listening to this episode thinking, nah. I could never do that. I'm sitting in a cubicle somewhere or I'm, you know, building somebody else's dream business or something and thinking, well, maybe I could take that first step. And for her, that was a sabbatical. And then the first step. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's the hardest one. The first one. Mm-hmm. There you mm-hmm. go. Oh, that's so awesome. I can't wait to hear it because you recorded yes, these cool. all on your own. Some. That's right. And with my little to, telephone. That's, that's right. right. My little telephone. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't wait to hear them. And we're going to do that right after we hear from our good friends at Omega Fields. Hi, Joe Camp here to share about Omega Fields. Omega Fields exists to help you keep your first promise to the horses you love, to care for them well. Nutrition is the foundation of a healthy life and supports all the activity that brings you and your horse so much joy. Omega-3s from flax are the cornerstone of that foundation. So, coupled with the finest ingredients and their proprietary pure glean flax stabilization process, they created Omega Horseshine, Omega Horseshine Complete, Omega Nibblers, Low Sugar and Starch, Omega Antioxidant, and Proventum Probiotic Soft Treats. Thousands of horses are experiencing a vibrant life with the help of Omega Fields products including all of ours, a part of helping you keep your promise to your friends. Nutrition for a healthy life isn't just their slogan. It's their purpose. So how did a busy British magazine girl living in North London working on Old Bond Street as a photo editor for glamour magazine Condé Nast, setting up photo shoots for celebrities, end up running a 100,000-acre bison and cattle ranch in Colorado? Kate Matheson was partly inspired by Evelyn Cameron's work, a Brit who moved to Montana in the late 19th century with her husband Ewan, and documented incredible images of ranch life. The thought of cantering across ranch lands, herding cattle under big blue skies, and splashing through creeks seemed too wonderful to Kate Matheson. Listen into this. Well, welcome, Kate Matheson. I'm so excited to be sitting in this beautiful environment at the Zapata. And I wanted to meet up with you a little bit and find out a little bit more about what you do here. And your story is fascinating because people ask you all the time, how did a little girl from? <laughs> and so we'll talk to you a little bit about that. But also, 
you're creating a vision and a culture here, and we want to know about that. But mostly our listeners want to know how you can ride a horse and make a living at the same time, because everybody wants to do that. That's our dream, is to have our horse and be able to afford it and still work and and be fulfilled to use our degrees for whatever we needed them, if we have them. And uh, so I wanted... I wanted people to meet you, Kate Matheson. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, it's a privilege to, to meet you and, and to talk. Yeah, well, it'll be fun. Uh, I've had a fabulous week. We've been here five days now. Yeah, we came in on Sunday yep. and it's Friday. And uh, I, I can't brag enough on your team and your horses. Maybe not in that order. I love your horses <laughs> a lot. Um, but your team is a wonderful family here. They're yeah. all like 20-somethings, but yeah. they're all very um, – uh, they're professionals. They're really professional at what they do, but they're having fun too. That's so. great to hear, yeah. yeah. Higher, younger, and smarter is the key. No. Yeah. Yeah. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> uh, no, they're brilliant. Um, each one of them is uh, – uh, very, very smart and um, intuitive, and they're all um, horsewomen, and um, they've been riding their whole lives, and they have um, a greater interest in uh, our mission, and well, a bigger mission beyond us, even of how we're going to save the world, you know, and uh, conservation and preservation of this lifestyle in the West, and um, they're naturalists. Um, and uh, they're working to learn and to understand how they can contribute mm-hmm. to the bigger picture. Yeah, and they, they are very open to learning. I, I thought that was one of the first things I noticed about them. So now everybody's heard that you're from Brighton, Sussex. Maybe they got that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm from East Sussex, and um, I grew up riding in the uh, across the South Downs um, with um, the, va- the big valleys on one side and the sea on the other side. And um, I was in the pony club, and um, we were pretty much left to our own devices with our ponies and, you know, out at whatever time with them and back at dark and... Um, a, a great uh, pony childhood, yes, very fortunate. Yeah. So, yeah. And that hasn't changed in England as much as it's changed here, where I've seen mostly in the United States. So we all we all envy that very horsey background. But I, I read somewhere where you said people often ask how an Englishwoman like me ended up here in the middle of nowhere. And I usually say it all started with horses. I love that. Mm-hmm. But I love this the best. They're what tie together my childhood in East Sussex and living here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the horses are the thread. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And um, what a gift, you know, to be given um, at any age, I think, honestly, but um, particularly when you're young and you'll know that, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, something that stays with you if you have the opportunity to um, keep doing it. Um, it's incredible. And then uh, if you have the opportunity to come back to it, which is really more what happened with me. And I moved away and, and went to London and lived in London and, uh, you know, had a really fun city life. Um, but Yeah, tell us a little bit about your, yeah, your career was amazing. <laughs> well, um, I... I actually did work experience when I was at sixth form college and on a magazine and uh, a music magazine. And I went to London and did this work experience and met all these 
you know, very cool people and were doing these cool things that were jobs that no one had ever said were jobs that you could do. You know, this wasn't in the career library at school, you know. And I thought that was amazing. And um, I decided that's what I wanted to do was work on magazines and um, interested in the arts and photography. And so photography was the path that I took with that and um, became a photo editor and um, ended up working on a number of different women's lifestyle and fashion magazines and working on creative projects and working with some amazing teams and putting teams together and um, just a, a great time. And it, it never, in the back of my mind um, or my consciousness was always the countryside and horses Mm. it was something that I just sort of shoved to one side you know because I didn't really understand how I could possibly live and work in the countryside in a you know what career was there going to be for me really Mm. and um and so that was always there and I kind of just persisted with the city thing and I had a good time I can't deny that (laughs) um until one day um I decided to take a sabbatical yeah. And that's where it began. <laughs> was that a hard decision? That must have been a little tough. The sabbatical wasn't a hard decision, but I think in the end, um, I, when I realized that I had found something that I wanted to learn more about, and that was um, the West and mm-hmm. the lifestyle in the West and um, these incredible landscapes, uh, you know, very typical, very European, fell for the romance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a surprise at all. And uh, then it was a, t- a tricky one to um, justify leaving a, a good career and a, what seemed, you know, to be very, um, you know, idyllic on the outside. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to explain how you can miss um, the horse and the horses in the countryside and things like that. So. Your parents have a horsey background? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My father particularly um, still does. He actually can't ride anymore, but he drives. Mm-hmm. So he um, he's off scooting around the Scottish countryside winning rosettes and things even now. And his wife is a um, an eventer and trainer as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've grown up with... Uh, an element my my mum not so much she likes their beauty um doesn't need to pet them or or <laughs> ride one <laughs> yeah so so what did they think of your decision when you wanted to run off to the wild wild west yeah they they found that um they thought it was pretty wild to start with but then when they could see that I was falling in love with it and when I say falling in love with it the romance yes that hooked me in and the space and the things that we um think of when we think of the west you know very cliche things in a way Mm -hmm. the big blue sky and the expanse and um the horses and you know the the cowboy lifestyle and things like that and Definitely. But I was fortunate enough to spend some time um, on a ranch in Montana who uh, I ended up being there for around five years. And that was an education for me. And I started to fall in love with um, the community and the dynamics between the ranchers and the neighbors and the families and um, the way they raised horses and handled horses, the way they raised their livestock and handled that livestock and the way they were looking at their land as 
um, a resource that you can't even imagine when you just have a job somewhere. Mm -hmm. It is their family, it is their future, it is their home. Um, and the passion that comes with that, that, that hooked me again. Mm -hmm. So um, I pretty much just wanted to do anything I could that was useful, that contributed in exchange for learning more. Mm. I wanted to learn and learn and learn. Mm -hmm. Learning and then preserving. Yeah. yeah. With the idea of yeah. contributing to um, the preservation of it in the end. If I can contribute the tiniest part um, to something that will, you know, to, to this lifestyle, to these landscapes, um, by bringing people out here, by promoting what we're doing, by um, taking people on the most incredible rides of their lives or um, raising awareness of our conservation practices or anything. If I can contribute in any way, that is my life work. That is what I'm working to do. I think we all agree with you. That's a great life work. <laughs> it is. It is. So I, I was reading up on how you work with your horses here and you start your own horses on the ranches. Mm -hmm. Um, you have your own horse, you have your own horses here too. Yeah. And you, um, you've taught them to be handled and to be ridden and, um, and to work some cattle mm -hmm. and really get into the Western lifestyle. Yeah. Are they quarter horses? Yeah, they're quarter horses. Um, I did the most terrible thing ever. I, I bought for color. <laughs> That's the worst. We've all done it. <laughs> I never thought I would do that, but I um, had never seen a blue roan until I moved out west. I'd never seen one in England, and so when I saw one for the first time, it was literally love at first sight. <laughs> and so I ended up buying a. Um, a blue roan and uh, her half sister. I was only meant to have one, oh. um, but uh, what? Potato chips. <laughs> you can't just have one. <laughs> but they both arrived, and um, I was going to keep both of them. So her and her half sister. So yeah, that that actually has been a wonderful um, experience too, because I have started a horse in England when I was younger, mm -hmm. in my teens, yeah. and I'd uh, started a bunch of horses on the ranch in Montana where I lived prior to here at Zapata and I have used that education and meeting just, you know, you get to, if you're lucky enough, you get to ride with someone great um, now and then or meet someone with a word of wisdom here and there and you gather it all up and you try and put it into your one project, you know, and um, I can't say that they're perfect, but um, they're certainly usable out here on the ranch. Yeah. So that's, that's they're great. Lovely. I, I got to, uh, we, well, tell me about your experience with Shiner, your Blue Roan. Yeah. yeah. So um, this morning, how lucky, um, I feel just totally grateful that um, you took me out there and we went in the round pen and uh, you showed us join up and Shiner, um, she's kind of got a wild, you know, she's, I mean, I ride her, you know, she's a fantastic ride, but she has a wild side and she doesn't like to admit she is in anyone's gang, you right. know. So to do join up with her was really a privilege and for her to actually kind of follow me and, um, you know, to complete that exercise with you was wonderful. And, you know, she was just stood there and wanted to join in our conversation at the end, didn't she? She's, she's been quite sweet, which is um, 
not really a word we describe her yeah with. you told me that as we walked into the round bin <laughs> yeah somebody said oh isn't she cute or sweet or yeah is she cute I'm like I don't know that anyone's ever described her as cute <laughs> You did that join up all on your own. I, I really literally just got to explain what those gestures were. Well, it was great. I translated Thank you. for her is what I was doing. Yeah, there. that was brilliant. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. 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 You're, you're very good at it. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're good around horses because you made that easy and it was wonderful to watch. Well, so that's cool. I'm, I'm proud of you on that. Um, I also read, I'll do some more reading here for mm-hmm. you, that you used to hate dressage as a teen inventor. So yeah. you're talking about working with your horses as a teenager, yeah. but you've grown to really appreciate it um, with the Western riding because where every movement relates to something practical like working livestock or opening yeah. gates, I thought that was brilliant. Tell me about that. I mean, why didn't someone mention that earlier, you know? Because then it, I guess, well, there's, there's a number of things, aren't there? When you're younger, you think, oh, I'm never going to use that ever again. And then 20 years down the line, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Let's recall that. Um, but yeah, I, I loved eventing. I loved show jumping and I, um, loved cross country and I didn't love dressage and I didn't, I felt I didn't have the patience. I didn't have the technical skills. Um, it, it was a challenge for me and, um, we'd rush through our dressage test if we even barely remembered it and just to get to the show jumping and the cross country element, you know, that was it. Um, and then years later, um, you're doing or teaching your horse side passes to a gate to open a gate or you're teaching it side passes so you can work a cow um and backing up and 180s and um all this other cool stuff i don't know maybe just in the western way it's cooler it seems a bit (laughs) more cool i don't know but um it's the same principles it's the um uh, technically, you know, this being supple and the flexibility and, um, understanding how your horse moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a, for me, a lot of that clicked honestly when I was about 27, 28, mm-hmm. as opposed to when I was actually practicing dressage mm-hmm. at, you know, 15, 16, 17, yeah. those ages. And, um, so, so yeah, that was a big eye opener. That was great. You know, I actually really appreciate it now. What I like about that is that it shows that horses are horses and they're practical elements in everything that we should know about horses, right? And we kind of lose the the plot a little bit when we get into our, oh, I have to do my, you know, this X, Y, Z in this order and training. And here's a word of warning on join up. Same kind of thing. People get a little mechanical with it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Don't forget you're having a conversation yeah. with your horse too. Yeah. So you can look for those signs. Remember we talked about the four signs. So um, yeah. you're looking for that ear usually mm-hmm. first, and then maybe some licking and chewing as their adrenaline drops when they get into that communication. Mm-hmm. Then you're looking for that head dropping and a little more relaxation in that yeah. whole gestural thing sometimes that nose will go hers didn't go that low today i was really looking for that you'll have to work on that with her Mm -hmm. but they'll be bobbing along the soil sometimes they had that low so it's very purposeful yeah and then that smaller circle yeah and the lean in yeah and then yeah and then she came right to you it was wonderful yeah but you know always treat that you you can six seven eight times and you're done 
you don't really need to continue your join up unless, you know, something happens. You have been away from Mm -hmm. her for a while. You need some trust built up again. It is kind of a Well, she's actually just come off of a big break. So she's been, she's been off for five months and, um, uh, she's back now and, and wild as ever. And, um, so that was great timing. Yeah. Actually, that was good timing yeah, for us. It's yeah. a nice establishing a conversation again about, you know, yeah. who's boss, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, Shina. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, but you did really well with that. And I, and I, I guess the, the tip is keep it organic, keep yeah. it natural, you know, on that as we should with everything we do with the horses, if you can, yeah. you know, if you have Well, time. we're all about that. You know, that's certainly something that we practice on a bigger, uh, on a kind of, basically the herd, the horse herd here is kept as natural as possible mm-hmm. and as organic as possible, mm-hmm. actually. Um, mm-hmm. We don't supplement feed right. and um, yeah. we um, don't shoe, so we're barefoot. Um, and that is, from a practical point of view, just our soil, uh, we, it's mostly sand. And yeah, then um, from the, um, keeping them all in one herd together, um, is as natural as possible and um, planning their feed through holistic management of grasslands, um, preparing them for uh, a year's worth of, you know, or and beyond, honestly, of feed. So, yeah, that fits in. It does. It, it really does. It is amazing. So you bring the horses in in the morning uh, as a group. Mm-hmm. from the pastures they are on these beautiful pastures do you actually do you put plants in there to make sure no it's what grows naturally native, here yeah. it's native mm-hmm. and then you choose those horses that are going to be ridden that day yeah. for the people and then then there's this wonderful ceremony of the putting back them back out, out. Yeah. and i thought it was going to be a bit of a stampede but it really they, no, they were quite relaxed weren't they mm-hmm. actually i think earlier in the season in the spring you know when there's growing season and uh, mm-hmm. they can be a bit more fresh um mm-hmm. we're kind of winding down for the years so they're a bit more chilled out right now yeah i think um, we wore them out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but they drank a big swig of water and then mm-hmm. meandered their way back to the pasture land which is yeah. you know people need to come here they really need to see horses in their natural environment. Go find a natural environment if you're not anywhere near Colorado, but if you're anywhere close, please come meet Kate and all her lovely wranglers that you've been able to listen to and, and learn from this week. And, um, you know, and, and look up Nature Conservancy and Zapata Ranch. Ranchlands. Google that. Ranchlands. Ranchlands is our organization. We're a ranch management company. Mm-hmm. And we have a focus on conservation and education. And we partner with um, uh, different entities um, to manage large-scale properties. So the Nature mm-hmm. Conservancy or the State Land Board, private owners. Um, yeah. Very progressive organization. Definitely the future of the way we can preserve uh, our, our lifestyle as well as the land too. Very cool. Yeah, it, it's certainly, I mean, we don't say it's the way, but we certainly um, uh, have found a way um, that works. Um, and uh, it's cool because we, uh, a big part of it is getting other people involved and getting people out here, getting people to enjoy it, getting people to ride in these incredible you know spaces mm-hmm. um perfect for somebody who has never ridden um mm-hmm. as well as a lifelong rider mm-hmm. it's riding heaven yeah i agree i totally agree well thank you for joining us today i hope we can have you back 
If you have some specific to. stories to tell us, we would yeah, love to hear them. And that would be fantastic. Be a yeah. part of it again. So Great. Thank you for being on Horsemanship Radio. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Hi, Carol Herter here, president of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting. Some are stories of challenges, and a few are downright sad. Recently, a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand. It started out as a really scary story. We were holding our breaths, waiting for the outcome, and it turned out wonderful. They winched the horse out relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on. They stay on in all terrain. Cavallo, the world's most trusted hoof boots. Anna Lapinto has worked seasonally at ranches in the American West since 2011. She is currently a wrangler at the Ranchland Zapata Ranch in Colorado, and when not working on ranches, Anna resides in Nashville, Tennessee with her musician husband and their horse. Well, welcome, Anna Lopinto. Thank you for agreeing to have this interview and uh, take away a little bit of time that you have here at Zapata. You're a Wrangler or you're an intern? I'm one of the Wranglers here for the season, so I'm here for six months at Zapata. That's status around here. Interns do everything, but Wranglers do work really, really hard, and they're really great with all the horses. So how did you find Zapata? So I've worked at a a couple of different guest ranches out west, um, up in Montana and in Dubois, Wyoming, and in the Bighorn Mountains. And I was looking for a place that kind of marriaged between um, the guest ranch experience, but also a working ranch. And Zapata fit the bill for that because, of course, they have a guest program, but it's very much, I think, pretty authentic program here. And you have an opportunity to actually... Um, work cattle and I think a lot of people that come here are more interested in the education side of things and mm. really riding and doing more authentic uh, ranch work. Mm-hmm. So the education part is not just about the natural preservation of the land. It really is about the riding and the and the natural cattle that you have here, the bison you have here. More of that? They're interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think both things. I think we get a lot of different kinds of people. We have people who are really curious about the nature conservancy mm-hmm. and um, kind of our efforts here with the bison and um, the different programs we offer. But I also think you do get guests here who want a little bit more of an authentic experience and opportunity to not just work cattle for a purpose, and know why we're doing it and what kind of methods work. And it's honestly a really good opportunity for somebody like me who hasn't grown up in that kind of environment and did not grow up around horses until I was old enough to to clean stalls in exchange for riding them. Um, and this is a really great way for us to get, get more exposed to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you grew up in Minnesota, though. That's a long way from Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Minnesota, the youngest of eight, and I... I always loved horses and had an affinity for horses. Nobody in my family rides. Um, but I remember ever since I was little, I wanted to come out west and, you know, be a cowgirl. Um, 
So once I got old enough to pick up poop and clean out <laughs> stalls, right around 10, I started cleaning 14 stalls in exchange for riding lessons at a barrel racing facility. Good for you. Yeah, that it was hard work. So yeah, it was good. I love those. So do you have the horse DNA? Well, I think Probably. I must have. <laughs> I sure hope there. so that there's a you reason. Yeah. So your first competitions were barrel racing? Exactly, yes. Barrel racing and pole bending. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole group of us. Um, we were the Sundance cow- Cowboy Girls. And we would <laughs> have our outfits and host little rodeos at the at the stables. And then have matching costumes and outfits and go ride together at shows. So it was a lot of fun. That does sound fun. Yeah. So did you always get to stay in the horses or did you go to, you know, to school side rail you at all? Or have you been with horses straight through? Well, I, how old are you now? You're I'm 20, just turned 28. There you go. Yeah. So you're just in your twenties. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I kept riding through college. I think that it introduced me to some other kinds of riding. So, you know, I took some hunter jumper lessons. I took some dressage lessons, which was a little tough with my barrel racing form. <laughs> I learned different. a lot from that. Um, and then through college and after college, I would work seasonally at guest ranches out West. Mm-hmm. And that's really where, you know, I would see these cowboys who were such good horsemen and these cowgirls. And I wanted to know more what they were doing. It sort of started to, um, change my goals as a rider and kind of open up a whole new door. Do you think it built more relationship with the horse itself? Did oh, you train on horses? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think previously it was very performance focused riding and it was about, you know, how are you going to get around this barrel? How are you going to set up your horse? What? Let's put a tie down on. Let's grab, you know, let's do a different bit. Let's get you more leverage and all these different tactics to, to, get a performance exactly what you needed to to get like a quicker time where when I came out west I started to see people who you know they would do some groundwork with their horses they would take time um to not just be so reactionary but try to figure out what was going on and that was really refreshing so I noticed that a couple of these people I really admire were sort of had some elements that were similar between all of them. Mm, that's nice. So are you gravitating now more to the Western or the English, do you think? I would think definitely the Western. I mean, the English is really good for my foundation and my form. For my few music friends back in Nashville, I say that English riding is like classical violin and Western riding is like bluegrass fiddle. There you go. That's but they, great. Yeah. They both help each other. Um, but I think I definitely gravitate more towards the Western riding and lately more towards functional ranch riding mm-hmm. is is what I love the most. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They have now some of these competitions, these classes that are ranch classes. Have you seen those or heard about those? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard a little bit about those and um, that seems really interesting. You'd have to have really good horsemanship and take a lot of time to get there. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, maybe 10 years down the road, something I'd work towards and also, the ranch rodeos were an interesting experience mm-hmm. to see as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here at Zapata, do you have a horse that you're assigned, or do you ride lots of different horses? Yeah. So we all have our own horse that we're assigned for the season. Mine is Deline. She's an interesting mare. She's uh, gated. We think she might be a Rocky Mountain gated horse, yeah. so that's been a new challenge. Just trying to figure out how to get her in like a nice balanced canner, which doesn't happen very often. Right. But I've been doing groundwork with her because at the start of the season, she 
um, had a tendency, not a real bronchy buck, just kind of kicked up her heels quite a bit. So we've been working through that and mm. seeing some improvement. So yeah, my horse for the summer is Deline. <laughs> so is the purpose of you guys having your own horse to get that horse made for the public that come here and visit and ride? Yeah, I think that would be the ideal outcome is that those horses would be put into the guest string. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what we're working towards. Tell me, I mean, I, this is out of school, but tell me what you think of the string of horses because I'm impressed about how solid they are. And there's really no rhyme or reason across the breeds. I see a little bit of Arab. I see a little bit of Morgan. I see a little quarter horse. I saw a halflinger. So what, tell me about the personalities they're looking for here. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed that too. This is, you know, a lot of the strings I've worked with before have been, um, quarter horses or quarter horse draft crosses. Um, I find that a lot of other ranches I work at, they actually lease their horses for the season. Um, and because it's a pata, they primarily own all of them. I think it makes these horses a lot more independent mm-hmm. and that they're used to, you know, this is their home. These are the people handling them. They're not just going to always be on a trail ride. You know, they're going to be taken out to wrangle the herd. They'll be taken out to do cattle work. So I think that's part of the reason that they do so well in the guest program is because they have to be independent. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as what they're looking for in the horses, I think they're really basing it off of disposition and willingness and, um, you know, having the being more athletic or having the right temperaments big with a a guest string of horses. I would think so. Now, we actually got to lope, not nose to tail, in a river bottom today and up in the dunes yesterday and everything too. Um, That's pretty, is that unique in ranch? I mean, I don't want to say dude ranches because I don't, I live near a dude ranch and this isn't anything (laughs) like a dude ranch. So is it unique though to Safada? Yes, I would think so. And also because we have um, a lot of structures is where you are out with a big group and you might not know everyone you're riding with, but here you're assigned a Wrangler and they try to find a Wrangler that you're compatible with. And that gives you a lot of flexibility and you could go on a ride. It's, you know, just you and the Wrangler, if you came alone or you and your group, and then you can really create the ride for who you have with you. Mm -hmm. And also what I love about this place is they give the Wranglers a lot of independence to create the ride. You know, if we're on the Zapata side, we might head out and work the cattle or we might go over by the, we have like a small wash Canyon and do exercises in there. So it's really customizable. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful ride. It really is because you have every environment today. I think we went through four different environments between the lightning and then the wind, but it was, you know, five minutes and it passes. And then you've got this glowy sun that comes out. It's just beautiful here. So yeah. do, you, do you, you have to leave though? Cause you're married. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you actually yeah. have to give up camp eventually. So your husband is, you're both living in Nashville when you're not on the road. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we're based in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Minnesota. He's from upstate New York. So we, we went to Nashville for his music career and it's hard to be apart, but he is so supportive. And when he goes out on the road, uh, he plays for like an Americana outlaw country artist named Nikki Lane. When he's on the road, I like to come work at a ranch. So 
but he he never rode before he met me. He had never even camped before, so it's been a it's been a fun match the two of us together. Yeah, that's really nice. It's yeah. nice for both of you, I'm sure, exposing him to a new world. So he never grew up around horses at all, upstate New York. No, I mean he'd seen them, but he never yeah, but rode I mean, one until working. until he was with me. And you know, when I first met him, he was a bit more timid around them. Though maybe he'd protest if he heard me say that. <laughs> um, but now, just this last spring here at Ranchlands, they've been really welcoming, letting him come join. They also have that kind of community here. Um, and he came to New Mexico with me, and we helped brand 500 head down there. And the first day, you know, we were camping out. We started work at around 3.30 a.m. and finished at 6.30 p.m. And he he loves it now. It's It's been really wonderful to share that side of me with him and have him be so receptive to it that's nice yeah that's a wonderful way to grow together too yeah do you have a horse in nashville too i do oh, yeah oh. i do i worked at a ranch up in northern montana and i i bought a horse from up there um he's an older gentleman he's mm-hmm. about like 17 but you can rope with him so i've been practicing roping with him oh, yeah so he's back home in nashville right now and my husband's also helpful in that regard. He's helping take care he's of him. taking care of him when he's in Nashville. Yeah. He takes care of him when he's not in Nashville. Uh, I have it? another friend, who, another musician. Mm-hmm. His name's Solly, and he's uh, leasing him for the season as well. That's so nice. I think a lot of the country people there, they like the opportunity to, to get on a horse. Yeah, it kind of fits in with their lifestyle as well. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Well, it's been so much fun. I'm so I'm so proud of all of you guys that work here too, because you all have your own talents and abilities that are far beyond you know somebody who didn't want to go to school or something too. Did you Did you go to school too? Yeah, Virginia? yeah, I did. I actually went to college at Appalachian State University yep. uh-huh. in Boone, North Carolina, and I studied psychology and health education. And listen to that. Yes, but I keep. The West keeps pulling me back. It has yeah. a tendency to do that. So Yeah, and she's sitting here in a Carhartt jacket <laughs> and a scarf around her neck. She looks as Western <laughs> as you can be out here in Colorado, too. You never know she wasn't a native, yeah. too. But. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit with us, too. And of course. Loves to hear the horsey girl stories and how you kept horses yeah. in your life yeah. throughout those moves and throughout the transitions. And that you always had a goal to get out here, and you stuck to it. Yeah, my pleasure. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much. You. Wonderful talking with you. Thanks. Monty Roberts is proud to partner with the Right Horse Initiative, which seeks to help horses in transition by massively increasing horse adoption in the United States. The Right Horse understands that most horses will have multiple owners during their lifetime. Often, these horses find themselves in transition due to no fault of their own and can move into a second or third career with the right adopter. Adoption can be a great option when you're looking for a new horse. To help you find your perfect right horse, the Right Horse Initiative developed an innovative new website for adoptable horses called My Right Horse. On MyRightHorse.org, you can search hundreds of available horses by breed, discipline, age, and location. It's simple, user-friendly, and of course, mobile-friendly too. With a wide range of adoptable horses from all over the country, MyRightHorse.org can help you find the horse of your dreams. Visit MyRideHorse.org to find your next horse through adoption. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox. 
and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we'd like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language of... Dear Monty, I have a 12-year-old Arab mare who is riding with gated horses on our trail ride. What can I do to help her walk with these other horses? She tends to want to trot when she is with them. She's getting better, but I would like some help speeding up the process of getting her to walk with them. Monty's answer. The question is important to more people than one can imagine in many countries all around the world. Leisure riding is far and away the number one activity in the horse world, and trail riding with a group is among the most popular activities among horse enthusiasts. Out on the trail, there are many factors which contribute to the difference between a comfortable experience and a less desirable one. One of those factors has to do with the pace and which some horses negotiate the task when compared with other equine individuals. Generally speaking, a large part of the enjoyment under the circumstances is human social interaction. A comfortable conversation is hard to have when one horse is walking at 6 miles an hour and another horse is walking at 2 miles per hour. Many commercial trail riding operations use Peruvian Paso and Pasofina horses that typically walk at roughly twice the pace of a quarter horse or any of the breeds more typical of the Western disciplines. They are for the most part small horses that use the tolt. This is a word to describe a natural gait that many would call a single foot or pace. It is smooth and tends to produce a rate of speed significantly higher than the walk of most breeds. If you want to train your horse to walk at his optimum rate, you must first school the horse not to trot when pressed for more speed at the walk. This can be accomplished by firmly stopping and backing up each time your horse breaks into the trot. Press him with the normal cues to move forward and then discipline him when he trots and you will eventually achieve his optimum walking rate. In my opinion, any attempt to improve the rate with harsher methods than I have described is unacceptable human behavior towards your equine partner. Try to match your horse's pace with those horses that you trail ride with. It is not appropriate to keep stabbing old yeller in the side to get him to walk as fast as Carlos the Peruvian Paso. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says Get free horse tips. Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in February, February 15th through 17, 2019. Now, we have the Equine Facility Management Clinic, EFM through CHA, the Certified Horsemanship Association, at Flag is Up Farms in Solvang, California. Then on February 20 through 24, Monty's skipping over to Norway in Europe for the Norwegian Horse Festival. And then March 9 through 17, he'll stay there in Germany for the Equitana, which is a big event in Essen. Very nice. Yes. Lots of people. I mean, I think it's the biggest horse trade show. I think it's the biggest in the world. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. And then in April, we've announced the dates now for the movement. It's our second annual, and that'll be April 29 and 30 at Flag is Up Farms. That's a Monday, Tuesday, so people can travel. And it's kind of after Easter all happens. So we're really excited about that. We've got some speakers coming and the website's coming together. And we're going to be sharing a lot more about that in the coming months. Great reason to take a spring break trip to California. Yeah, I think so. There you go. You can find all of that and more at MontyRoberts.com. Or you can call the folks over there at Flag is Up Farms. They're helpful and friendly. The phone number is 805-688-6288. 
And for details about today's show, Mm -hmm. you can go to horsemanshipradio.com. It's episode 124, and you will find links, photos, and more information about our guests. And we love your feedback. The more you come and talk to us, the more we talk about you. No. (laughs) (laughs) It helps us make the show better. It gives us ideas about what you're curious about. Um, things like that. So you can f- follow Monty on Facebook and you can post there and talk about things that you want us to talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Go to Facebook and type in Monty Roberts. And then you go to the one that has a little round blue check mark. That's right. the official one. And you go there and you follow it and you like it and uh, talk about it. And he is also on twin t- Twitter. That's right. He can tweet. It's Monty underscore Roberts. And I believe there's an Instagram too, isn't there? That's right. You know, the darn Twitter, I, I put up the Instagrams and they're a lot of fun uh, because the, uh, people send me the most beautiful photos while he's on tour. And um, we just have a lot of content that way. So it's a really cool site. But uh, And I can put a lot of words and a lot of hashtags in there. Uh, but Twitter, not so much. It's very short, but we're there. We're, you know, I'm always tweeting out and he's tweeting out different dates or photos or something that's going on on tour. And, um, and I, you know, I, I think one of the fun things too is we've got this new little Amazon site where we've got t-shirts and um, oh, pop sockets. Right. we got a pop socket now. It's so cute with a little horsemanship radio on it. And so how do you, how do you find, fun. how do you find Monty Roberts, Equus online university, etc. swag on Amazon? How do I do it? Yeah, go on, go to the Amazon site. Uh, hopefully, you're a Prime member right now. I'm just for me. I am. Just, yeah. I they order lose money on, on me every year. They yeah. do. I know. Don't tell them. But yeah, and then uh, just put in uh, Monty Roberts Equus in the in the search, and you'll find them. They're really cute. And and this, <gasps> there it is. Susan, yeah, did you find it? Susan is making designing all kinds of crazy things, but these pop, pop sockets just went up and I'm excited about those too. So yeah, go on there, get a little pop socket. Oh, and, Evolution uh, of Horsemanship. Oh, I like that one. Isn't that fun? It's a little, yeah, that's a little cartoon of how we started off with horse training 6,000 years ago and kind of how it should be today, I think. You oh, know? that's really cute. It's, it's kind of a play on that one that you see on shirts and bumper stickers and stuff where it's, you know, it starts out as a little creature and then it kind of turns right. into a Cro-Magnon man. And it, oh, that's really cute. I need to get that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People have to go, go see what Putting you're that on my about. list right now. There we go. A little ha- hairy creature to begin with. And we've got a, a nice, beautiful horse at the very yeah. end. Well, there you go. And <laughs> if you enjoyed this show, you need to listen to lots more shows. Of course you do, because people who listen to podcasts listen to a lot of podcasts. That's right. And you can do that by downloading the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or your Android. Just go to Horse Radio Network in your app store, and right there it is. It's free and easy to use. And for your technologically challenged friends... Oh, it must be friends. Yeah, not me. Not me. (laughs) Friends. um, Grab their phone from their pocket, (laughs) go to their app store, and download it for them. That is a a great idea. Yeah, Jen, that's a really good idea. That's right. Yeah, that's right. My kids, I'm going to grab their phones. (laughs) If you if you let someone listen to a podcast on your on your phone, they will hear a podcast for an hour. If you show them how to do it on their phone, they will listen to podcasts for life. Oh, that should be on a T-shirt too. There we go. That's a lot of words for it. We have to figure out a some kind of um, emoji speak for that. Yeah, infographic. Infographic. Oh, you're good at those. You won an award for it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. We did. We did. Many thanks to our sponsors too. That's Omega Fields and that's Cavallo Horse and Rider and MontyRobertsUniversity.com. And don't forget to listen in on that PSA we have going with the therighthorse.org. Uh, my right horse. Warning. Whoops. My right horse.com. When you right go there, horse. make sure you have a lot of time because you're shopping for lovely horses who are transitioning <laughs> into new homes. It's a ton of fun. And there's yes. a lot of adorable ponies on there. You know what I just heard? This is the coolest thing for horses in transition. You know, these are these are horses that need to be adopted. And there are 1,600 views a day right now. And wow. they really just launched it. Is that cool? It's really cool. And they've got, you know, it's like pinups too. You know, there's some that are really popular and you better go fast. Oh, there's, uh, a, really yeah, ador- there's a really ad- adorable um, leopard appaloosa. Oh, isn't it cute? Oh, you're looking at it right now. Be careful. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at the pretty app! Oh, the pretty paint with the bald face in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and there's the, they, so there's cool. one that just looks like a doggo. <laughs> Close the and they're all Close vetted. The they're vetted. So you know, this is this it's is the a, real deal. That's right. It's the real deal. And you know what? I'm going to close the show too. That you should be visiting these other great shows on horse radio network too, because we're all concerned for horses. So go to www.horseradionetwork.com. And until next time, Jen, have many happy horse hours. Oh, I will. Now I'm going to go shopping.